This morning, uh, we are continuing our series called I Love You, Love God. And uh, I just, I had shared this last week that I had had this sort of imagery about uh, how, how important and how amazing it is to get love notes. It's Valentine's week. How many of you guys love to receive Valentine's? Nobody. Okay, I do. I do. So if you want to give someone a Valentine's, I know someone you can give to. You can give it to me. I love to receive uh, Valentine's. You can, you know, you can just say something nice. You know, you can say an encouragement. You can put chocolate in there. Okay, you can those little hearts that say those little love notes on those. I love those things. I take them seriously. Okay, if it says I love you, I no, I I like Valentine's. I like. I like encouragements. I love getting love notes. And uh, even though some of you aren't going to admit it, you love love notes too. Isn't that right? How many would say, I love love notes? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. We love love notes. And the truth is, is that God loves to give love notes. Why? Because he loves us. He loves his kids. He wants us to know that he, he, uh, that he wants us to know that he loves us tremendously. But I wondered sometimes if we uh, can know that God loves us. We hear that God loves us. If you've been to church ever, you've probably heard that before. It's a constant theme throughout God's word. But I wondered if we sometimes have a difficult time understanding really what that means, or we have a difficult time really believing it. Why is it that we sometimes don't really uh, catch the full meaning of God's love note to us? And what I think is, is that sometimes, for some of us, we've experienced gestures of love. We've received love notes, maybe from an old boyfriend or girlfriend or from a sibling or something like that. But actually, we didn't really uh, take it to heart or didn't believe it. Why? Because the person really didn't show that they really loved us. It's almost as if that love note kind of went through one ear and out the other. Like, you really don't love me. Because of the way that you treat me, or soon after they maybe someone maybe sent you or gave you a love note, they 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 uh, went back on how they they loved you. They didn't really uh, fully uh, have actions that backed it up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever got an empty love note from someone before? It's like yeah, that's not true. <laughs> Throw it away. And I think that God wanted God. Uh, put on my heart this morning to talk about his love for us and how it can how it compares or how it differs from some of the love that we've received because if we only look at God's love through the lens of how we've experienced love from others and especially if love has come up empty if love has come up short or it's been tainted or it's been messed with or it's been uh, hasn't been uh, 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 depth or, or um, hasn't been you guys know what I'm talking about here anyway Thought like I had another word on the tip of my tongue, but left me. Anyway, but if you have experienced those things and you look at God's love through that same definition, I believe that you're going to miss out. You're going to actually uh, not fully understand what his uh, love is for you. You're not going to understand the, the full meaning and the depth of his love because you're looking at it through a tainted view of some other experience. You've had this uh, emptiness that's been passed on, or you've had love that wasn't uh, backed up, it wasn't fulfilled. And God wants to tell you this morning that his love is trustworthy. How, is he, how does he say that? It's because this, I am good. Love, the Lord wants to tell us this morning that his love is something that you can trust. Why? Because he is good. Isn't it true that the love note is only as good as a love note giver, Right? 
Otherwise, just people can say these lofty, nice, fanciful, wonderful, beautiful things. But if that person doesn't truly love you, then it becomes just sort of, well, I don't know, what do you call it? Mystical kind of, ends up becoming garbage because it's not true. And I'm sure that some of us have old love notes from friends or people like, ah, I don't even know this person anymore, you know. But God wants to tell us this morning that the love note that he gives us can be trusted. Why? Because he's good. His character is good. He backs up his love for us. He doesn't only just tell us that he loves us, but he loves us with his heart. He loves us with his hands. He loves us with, with all his being. He's trustworthy. He's true. He's righteous. He's quality. Who he is is what's important, what backs up his love note to us. Isn't that good? So God wants to tell you this, this, this morning, I love you. You can trust me because I am good. You can trust the love note that he gives you because you can trust the love note giver this morning. Amen? Amen. So how do we know this? I think that the Lord wants to tell us a few things. Number one, it's this. Uh, we need to learn to trust God's goodness. Trust God's goodness. Does that make sense in your guys' notes this morning? Yeah? Okay. I don't have the notes in front of me. We need, to, we need to learn to trust God's goodness. Psalms 25, verse 8. You have that in your notes? Okay, let's read that together. Ready, set, go. Good and upright is the Lord. Ooh, that was an easy one to read. Sometimes they give like five or six paragraphs we have to read together. That was easy. Okay? God is upright and good. But it's, it's simple, but it's powerful. God's love is genuine. God's love is trustworthy. It's not tainted. It isn't with a secret agenda. God's love for you is because he loves. That's end of story. He just gives love to you, writes love notes to you. He loves you. Just be, he tells you that he loves you because he loves you. Why? He's good and he's upright. What does upright mean? He's righteous. He's trustworthy. He's someone that you can trust. Basically this, you can trust God's word. You know, it's something I, I uh, have experienced before. You know, growing up in California, uh, living in Hawaii for some time, uh, there's some things you, you learn that you just can't trust. Isn't that true? Like the water, you know? I mean, if you just kind of go to some random river, some random pond or something like that, or some waterfall, the question is, is, is this water something that I can drink? You ever, you know, as a kid, you think that kind of thing, right? Okay, is this something that I can drink? And so we've had to actually put a term in front of water to let people know that they can drink it. We call it drinking water. Why do we call things drinking water? Because all other water is not trustworthy. Isn't that true? I remember when I moved to Hawaii, and I couldn't wait to jump into a waterfall. I don't know why. I wanted to jump in a waterfall. I wanted to swim around. And what everybody told me was this. You can't get in there. You can't go in the water. I said, Why? Because it's tainted. It's dirty. You can't get in that water. Well, same is true with some of the water in California, too. You can't jump in all the water, drink all the water. Why? Because it's not trustworthy. It's been tainted. And the same is true that sometimes the love that we have experienced from people has been tainted. Some of the, the love that we have experienced from people, well, it's not pure. It's not something that is actually good for us. You see, the, the condition of the water is unhealthy, and same is true of some of the love that we've received from people. People have told us, I love you, I love you, I love you. And so we receive that love, and we realize, oh, it came with some problems. 
came with, came with some challenges. It, it came with some conditions. It, it, it came with some expectations. You see, God's, God wants to differentiate his love for us. It's different from some of the love that we have experienced because what he says is my love is unconditional. My, my love it doesn't come with a bunch of uh, prerequisites. It, my, my love doesn't come with a bunch of expectations. And I think that it's hard for us to get that in, in, in our head to, and to fully understand it because for some of us, the only love that we've ever experienced has conditions and expectations and, and requirements. And so for, for us to even fathom a love that's unconditional, to, to fathom a love that's pure, a fathom a love that, that just comes from a place of, I just love you and that's it. That's hard for us to sometimes fully comprehend and understand, but I have to tell you something. It's true. God is good and he is upright. His love for you is pure. His love for you is true. His love for you comes without expectations, comes without requirements, comes without expectations from you. He just loves you. And so some of us have a, a, a functional belief, it's true, that I have to earn God's love. You know how I know it? Because I've been pastoring for over 20 years, and constantly I run into people or talk with people that would feel like or say that, I, that God doesn't love me or I haven't earned God's love. I have to do something to actually get him to love me. I have to earn myself back into his good graces. Maybe people say it that clearly, but sometimes it's, it's, they say it a little bit more indirectly. And I, and, and I, and I come to understand they're realizing that they, or they think that they have to do something to earn or get God's love. But it's, it's not true. They're just coming from a place of how they've experienced other people's love. As if they've been sort of like shunned or pushed away from people's presence. And so they have to kind of earn their way back into people's good, good graces. But it's not true with God. There's nothing that we can uh, do uh, that would actually get us, get him to love us more. There's nothing that we can do to, to get back into his good graces or into, into his care. Because guess what? He, we've never left his love. We've never left his care. We've never left his good graces. He's always cared. He's always loved us. Sometimes we think, is God still mad at me for something that I've done in the past? Is he still mad is he still holding this thing against me that I did way back when? Is he still punishing me? Is he still got me under his thumb? And I got to tell you something, that whatever that place that, you, that comes from, you kind of believe that maybe God hasn't fully forgiven you, hasn't fully uh, uh, relieved you or, or, or taken this, this uh, 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 or allowed you back into his good graces. If there's any of that, it doesn't come from a pure relationship with God. It comes from a tainted view, from some other love experience that you've had that wasn't perfect, wasn't complete. Some of us think, well, it makes sense, pastor, doesn't it, that, that if I did something wrong, I have to kind of earn my way back in his good graces to get him to trust me. I know it might make sense in our minds, but it doesn't in God's. For some reason, it's just the way he is. He loves and he loves and he loves despite our mistakes and the things that we've done. He even says this, test me, try me, see if I'm good, versus uh, attempting kind of a, uh, rather than trying to being a very tricky or controlling or doing some type of bait and switch. That's where a lot of people are fearful of church. They think there's some type of bait and switch, some type of trick, but God says, no, it's not that at all. Taste and see that I'm good all the way to the core. I am good. I am good to you, and I am good for you. 
So we have to learn to trust God. We have to trust him that, that, he's, that, his good, that he is good and that he loves us. And the second thing is just like it, that we have to learn how to receive God's goodness. It's not only good enough that we, uh, that we trust it, but we have to actually do the work of, of receiving it. Number two in your notes, receive God's goodness. Let's read this next verse together. Ready, set, go. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what? God loves us even though we don't reciprocate all the time. Even though we don't actually show our love to God, he still loves us. It says this, and even in our sin. Even in our rejection of God, in our lack of love for God, God still loves us. God's love for us is unconditional. He loves us in the face of rejection. He loves us though we are unfaithful, we are sinners, we are mistake makers. God still loves us. The truth is, is that we don't have a relationship, another love relationship that functions the same way. Every other love relationship that we have, if, if, we, we, if, if, if someone rejects us, well, then we kind of feel like we need to reject them back. It's hard to show that unconditional love. We expect reciprocation. But God says this, even if you don't reciprocate, I'm still going to love you. You see, the goodness of God doesn't require the ones he loves to be good or to love him back. Some of us think that, well, it's because I've been bad or because I've been rebellious, because I've, I've done this thing or that thing. That's why God doesn't love me, but it's just not true. He loves you despite your shortcomings. He loves you despite your inadequacies. He, he loves you despite your decisions, the, the poor mistakes you, you've made. You, you, you can't out God's love for you. One of the greatest reasons that we don't receive his love is because we don't uh, feel like we deserve his love. Isn't it the most difficult thing to do is to sometimes receive a gift from somebody when you know you don't deserve it? Has that ever happened to you when someone actually gives you a gift and you know you've been kind of awful to that person and they give you a gift and then you're just kind of like, ah. Number one, I didn't get you a gift. And number two, I know that you shouldn't be giving me a gift and it just sort of like melts you a little bit. I think the, uh, one of the big reasons that a lot of us haven't experienced God's love is because we, we, we reject it because we realize that we don't deserve it. So we kind of remove ourselves from God. We feel like, I just, don't, I just don't feel like I deserve God's love, and so I end up, I kind of want to put myself in a place where I, I want to sort of punish myself a little bit. It's hard to put myself in a place to receive something that I know that I didn't deserve, and, and I know that I haven't reciprocated. So what we end up doing, a lot of us, is we end up rejecting God's love because we feel like we've done something wrong. We don't feel like we deserve his love. But God chooses to love us even though we don't deserve his love. He chooses to do that. And God pursues us with his love. It doesn't matter how much you try to run from him or even if you try to reject his love, he continues to pursue you. He continues to chase after you because he loves you. God brings things into our life to guide us back into being in love with him, back into relationship with him. His pursuit of you is always, he's always scheming and finding ways to try to get you to come back and to have relationship with him. God's uh, love for us is never apathetic. He's never just kind of sitting back and go, ah, they'll come back sooner or later. 
yeah, they'll, they'll figure it out someday. No, his love is, is a pursuit for us. God calls us back to him. He calls us toward him. He puts things in our life. And you probably experienced this before where you've rejected his love and you're doing your own thing. And then something gets dropped in your life that kind of trips you up and causes you to stumble and to fall. And what it's meant to do is God's meant to kind of trip you up from running away from him. It's like you need God to help you back up. And so you go, you, you go to him. And his purpose in this is not to cause you to scrape a knee to to to, to be in pain or to be hurt, but it's instead to guide you back into a healthy, loving relationship with him. And so we have to receive, we have to learn how to receive a love that we don't deserve. We have to learn how to do that. That's hard for some of us. God loves with a righteous, unconditional love. His love is consistent. It's not temperamental. It doesn't require reciprocation. God's love is the epitome of constant. It's consistent. It's unwavering love. You see, this type of love that I've just explained to you or described to you will be found in no other place and in no other relationship but God. Because every other love, uh, you have to admit that there's boundaries to it. There's expectations to it. There's requirements to it. Sometimes it's not that constant. Sometimes it wavers. But this constant, consistent, unwavering love can be found in a true relationship with God. Some of you would say that, well, th- this love I- I've been waiting for and I've been looking for. But the problem is that so many of us, we look for this type of love, this unwavering, constant love that will love us in our problems, in our pain, in our struggles, in our challenges. We- we've looked for this type of love, but we've looked for this love outside of God. And we found ourselves uh, disappointed, we found ourselves hurt that people can't give us this type of love that we need and this type of love that we require. Because people's love is more temporary and often self-centered. This love that we experience from humans, it does have requirements, right? It does have standards. It does have boundaries. We do have a reciprocal expectation. People love a lot, kind of like how cats love. Thanks for that yep, whoever said that. I feel like I'm trudging on some very dangerous waters here talking about cats. But I'm going to do it anyway. Because I, I've never owned a cat in my life. It's something I'm very proud of. I will never own a cat. But I did, I did, I did house sit or cat sit where I went over and I would feed and water a cat. I've done that a few times. And I remember... I mean it's not like I poured water on the cat come on although I thought of it no I'm just kidding I did not anyway you guys got it and and I went over and this cat had been by itself for a few days and this cat did not know me at all but I go through the door and that cat starts coming towards me and meowing and running itself through my legs just rubbing like this Now, I have to tell you something. Some of you would think, oh, that cat loved you. That cat just loved you. Not true. That cat did not love me. It missed being rubbed. It was loving itself on my legs. And you know it. The same is true of a lot of people. 
lot of times the, the love that we sometimes bring is not necessarily that we really love others, but we're kind of loving ourselves on other people. Sometimes we don't give other people a hug because we think they need a hug. We need a hug, so we give a hug. Some of us can be that way where we sort of, uh, we, we have needs or we have uh, desires for affection, and so we actually uh, love ourselves on other people. But this isn't with God. This isn't with God. God's love for us is consistent. God's love is true. It's very different than how people's natural tendency is to love. And so you might ask yourself, does that mean that I can only find a true and authentic and good love and, and, and good love that I can trust from God and that everyone else will disappoint me? Is that, the, is that what you're, you're saying this morning, Pastor? God's good love can cause us, here's the answer, God's good love can cause us or actually help us to have good love towards other people and those around us. Actually, what I'm saying here is that, yes, this is the source of good, true, pure love. It's from God. But this good, pure, true love can actually flow through us into the relationships around us. I believe that, that it, when we, if we kind of develop our own understanding of love, that we can miss it. But if we uh, develop God's understanding of love, we can actually get it right. I believe that the, the more that we, we, we receive the love of God, we increase in our ability or our capability to love the way that God loves. One of the best ways that we can uh, see God's love demonstrated is when God's love actually flows through us humans into the people around us. It's when our, our love barriers begin to open up, our, our willingness to love. Perhaps uh, we will never have uh, an unconditional capacity to love just like God, but perhaps our ability to love can have a greater forgiveness. We can actually start to be people who love without the expectations that we used to have. We can start to be people who love without the, the, the boundaries that we used to have. We can start to love people without the expectation for a reciprocation that we can just find ourselves just sort of loving because we love. And we love because we love because God loved us. And that's it. That's the story. I don't think this happens just naturally. I think that this has to happen in a healthy, loving relationship with God where we learn how to receive love from a God who loves us even though we don't deserve it. And so we can then give love to others who don't deserve it. We can choose to love because God has loved us, and that's it. That's it. That's all. That's all. I choose to love you because God loved me. That's it. That's the story. Our love outflow isn't uh, any longer based on others. But our love outflow is based on God. See, if, we, if our dependency on our ability to love others is dependent on how other people love us, I think that we're only going to be able to give a shallow and short-sighted love. But if our dependency uh, or our ability to love others is dependent on God, we can give an overwhelming amount of love. We can give, we can, we can give a tremendous amount of love. We can probably give more love than we ever realized we could give. So we can't wait and just to depend on others to give us the love that we need. We've got to get that, receive that love from God. In fact, I believe when we really start to receive that 
that love from God, I believe that we'll have more than enough for other people. I believe without that love, we'll always come up short of being able to love others. When we increase the love that we receive from God, it will uh, decrease the requirements and the expectations that we put on others to give us our love. Let me say that one more time. When we increase the love that we receive from God, increase the love that we, we receive from God, it will decrease the requirements and expectations that we put on others to give us our love. Why? Because our source of love has, has changed. It's transferred from others and, it's, and to God. This becomes the inflow and then our outflow goes to the people around us. So when we choose to depend on God for our love, we will soon be able to love others the way that God loves. What I said to you before, the only way that you can receive that, uh, that pure love, that, that, uh, that unconditional love is in your relationship with God. But then as you have relationships with other people who have a relationship with God, all of a sudden you're realizing that they love how God loves. Is that a tongue twister? Okay, anyway. We want to come to a place where we can love others without expectation, without a need for reciprocation, without a need for appreciation. For those of you who are single who aren't married yet, this is the place you want to get to before you get married. If you go to uh, get married be, and, and hoping that person is going to fulfill your, your love quotient, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that you, that person will never be able to fill the, the love need that you have. There, <laughs> but not a cat. Can we at least agree on that? Okay. You have to receive it from the Lord. You have to receive the love that he has so that you can give somebody a pure love. So that you can be a giver of, of, of love without having the need for reciprocation. Of course, well, we can talk more about that later. Anyway, we need this type of love. We need the type of love that, that God provides. When we, when we receive this type of love, we can give it away, this type of love to the people around us. When I see people chase others for love, I know they are trying to get it from the wrong source. There are people that will go and they'll chase people. Love me, love me, love me. Fill this need. Fill this void I have. Does anybody at all want to love me? <laughs> and people will do some pretty crazy things trying to get love from others, trying to fill that need. You know what I'm talking about. It's like, what was going on in that person's mind, in their head? They're trying to fill that need, that love need that they had. My encouragement to you, brother and sister, don't go chasing others trying to fulfill that love that only God can give you. Don't do it. It'll make you crazy. You'll do things that you never meant to do. You'll try things you never meant to try. You'll make mistakes. And then you'll end up kind of you're having even deeper challenges because not only the lack of love that you have, but also the challenges or the problems or the pain that you felt while chasing love from the wrong person, the wrong source. You see, People can't fulfill the love need that you have. Only God can. It's true. So we not only uh, want to trust God's goodness, we all not only want to uh, receive his goodness, but we want to also experience his goodness. Psalm 34, 8, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Let's read this together. Ready, set, go. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. You know, this is a different type of good. 
this is a different type of goodness. This isn't really talking about uh, righteousness per se, but it's talking about how God is good to our senses. God is like, when we receive God's love, it's not just a thinking or spiritual thing, but it actually impacts us in a way where we say, that's good. I enjoyed God's presence. I enjoyed him in my life. He touched my life. He impacted my senses. When we realize his goodness, what it does is it it causes our senses to become perked and become alive. Taste and see that the goodness of God, what it means is to try him. You know what God is saying here? Try me. Sample me. Isn't that interesting? He's like, just try. See what you think. Sample the goodness of God. And I know when I say this, sample the goodness of God, a lot of you are right now thinking about Costco. You know, it's lunchtime, and you're thinking, I know free samples. Is there anybody in here that appreciates Costco and their free samples? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I felt like it was the, the, the greatest, uh, you know, scam that I was doing on society by going in and getting free samples at Costco because when I first got a card to Costco, uh, you know, I had no shame. I would just continue to make laps around that place. And I would just free sample after free sample after free sample. You laugh because you've done it too. There is no one in this room that has, has, has said, I have only gotten one free sample ever. I have never gone back for seconds. Nobody in this room has ever done it. All of us have gone and gotten a second free sample. Yeah. My kids, my kids, my kids love free samples now. And now it's not me. I blame it on my kids because, you know, what they do is they when you go to Costco, it's free samples, you know. And now I go up to people and I'm like, it's for the kids, you know. And so... People at Costco probably think I don't feed my kids because of how much they consume. (laughs) The whole point of a free sample is try it. See what you think. Does it alert your taste buds, your smell, and your taste? The Lord says that as well. Just try me. See if I'm good. Try having a relationship with me. See if it's good. See the joy that I bring. Realize the the peace that I give you. Experience the love that I I put in your hearts. Why does the Lord ask that? Because he knows that when we truly experience him, when you truly experience a relationship with God, you recognize his goodness. He is good. Your response is, mmm, he's good, isn't he? You know when you try something delicious, you go, mmm. That's good. You know, so many people that I've met have said, oh, I don't go to church. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with God because, and they tell me some past experience, God's mean. I got hurt. This thing happened. This, hap- this, thing, this other thing happened. And my response is really this. It's really sad for me to hear people's negative experiences or negative views about God, but the reality is, is they truly didn't experience God. They experienced something else, and somehow in their mind, it told them that that was God. God is good. Church ain't always good. I know that. People ain't always good. I know that. But God is always good. He is always good. 
And so my heart breaks when I hear people talk about God in a way that they, they just fully didn't understand his love. They fully didn't experience his love. They didn't really realize his goodness. Because when you do, mm-mm, it's good. There's a word that we use for it in Hawaii when we say that something's, something is good. And the word is, what is it? Ono. Oh, no. Which actually means this, Delicious delicious. It means, oh, that's good. Something else we say is, oh, it broke the mouth. Like, oh, man, my mouth got dislocated because it was so good, you know. (laughs) But when you find something good at a potluck, you want more. God knows that when you experience him, you're going to want more. And when I go to a potluck and when you find something that's good, you know what's something that annoys me? Is it okay to talk about this for a second? Is when I go to a potluck, and and for me, I want to try a little bit of everything so I, I know what to go back to for seconds, right? But what annoys me is when somebody hasn't finished their plate and they find that one thing that's good, and they go back and get seconds before they finish their plate. And they think because they already went through the line the first time that they can just cut and get a seconds before, you know. You guys are giggling. You know those people. <laughs> and it used to frustrate me so much until I realized I can't, I can't stop people, so I just decided to become one of those people. <laughs> so I am now somebody, when I taste something good, you know I don't have to finish my plate. I'm going to cut in line and get some more of that. God is good in this way, that when you experience the goodness of God, you're just going to want more of him. If you feel something different, some sort of anger, some sort of disdain, some sort of disappointment, you're not really fully experiencing a loving relationship with him. You're feeling you're experiencing something else. If you try and test the goodness of God, when you, ex- you will experience his goodness. That he's not only good and trustworthy, but he's good to your senses. He brings that peace. He brings that touch in your life. And let me tell you this. His goodness goes beyond something spiritual. It goes into the relational. It causes healthy, loving relationships in your life. It goes into the practical. It goes into the tangible. It goes into the experiential. Why? Because God not only wants you to experience his goodness, he wants you to experience the good things in life. God is good. He wants to do good in each one of our lives, and he wants us to experience the good things that he has for us. So he would say to us this morning, just taste, taste and see, utilize your senses, come and experience God, that he truly does love you. Amen. I want to invite the worship team to come forward and My hope for this church is that we do truly experience his goodness, that we truly experience that we have a God that loves us. And when we do, I believe that the people around us are going to be blessed. And they're going to say, I've never experienced this type of care, this type of compassion, this type of love. They just don't know that we get it from the true source, the pure, pure love. I want to invite you to stand with me. I want to pray for you this morning as we do, because we're a church that encourages one another, supports one another, builds one another up, and truly loves one another. So I'm going to invite you to take a hold of the person's hand next to you, and we're going to pray this morning. Aren't you glad that God is good? Amen. Amen. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you that you love each one of us. Some this morning 
might have said, you know, I, I can't even remember the last time that I've experienced or felt this love that you're talking about, this love that is so good. My hope this morning is that you would open up your heart in a new way to God, starting today, in a way that would say, God, I want to receive this, this love to your fullness. God, I want to experience your goodness. I want to experience the pure love that you have, your righteous love that I can trust. And I want, it to, I want, I want to experience it in a, way, in a way that it would impact my senses, that I'd feel peace, that I'd feel joy, that I'd see it have implications in the practical things of my life. God, I want to pray this prayer for each one of us this morning, that we would receive your love in a new way. God, you've written a, note, a love note to us, and we can trust it because we know that the writer of that love note is good. You are good, Lord. Thank you for this church. Bless this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.